yeah. I got a little excited. I don't know if you caught it on the camera, but it like <laughs> shot over there. Well, welcome to Movie Boners, the show where Dustin shoots over there. <laughs> this show uh, is our first show in October, and I think that uh, that was a ghost for those of you that couldn't tell because it sounded really weird. Um, I, we will have a massive October planned. I it will tell you more about it in a little bit. But before we get into that, Dustin, what beer are you drinking today? Is this a ghost or are you enjoying the beer? <laughs> All right. So spooky season. It's like the most wonderful time of year. <laughs> if you can steal that from Christmas, I guess. Yeah. Well, I feel like I'm a, I can say it because I love Christmas as well. So it's true. Yeah. You're not trying to be like, ironically, <laughs> oh, Halloween's better than Christmas. You no, actually I, sincerely like both. I fucking love both. It's legitimately my favorite time of year is. October through December. Um, it's true. It's a great time. So I went uh, trying to find something that's like on point with the theme of the episode was a little difficult, but yeah. then not as difficult as I initially thought. And then I thought, okay. well, it's spooky season. Let's just go with something that's like themed to the, to the season yeah. and all the fun yeah. stuff and maybe a nice nod to, what I'm sure will be a potential uh, mention at the very least on this episode. So I found a beer from a brewery called Jester King Brewery here in Austin. Okay. It is called Witchmaker. Oh, yes. Uh, and I thought the can was fucking cool as shit. I really like yeah. it. And it's actually super good. It's a nice IPA. Rye ipa maybe oh, nice. that's why it took me off guard and i choked for a second there uh, <laughs> yeah that rye will hit different apparently but it's super good very enjoyable what are you that's drinking awesome. good sir uh i also tried to go with the season uh although it's barely in the season i would say <laughs> only tangentially related but it's also kind of uh, people are maybe not gonna like this kind of girly i think so it's from the Marble Brewing Company in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And it threw me off because it also says Meow Wolf, and I don't know what that means. But <laughs> it's called Day Ghost, and it has like, you know, kind of kind of adventure timey uh, art. Very. But it has ghosts in the daytime. It's a Japanese-style rice lager. Uh, and it's pretty good. It's definitely pretty good. I forget I which it one it was. I did a, a rice lager, I think it was, when we did um, Seven Samurai. And that oh, one, yeah. I remember being very good. I really like that one. So Yeah. I really like that. Yeah, it's very good. I like it a lot. Maybe more than normal lagers. I don't know. Hard to say. But good. Before we get into new stuff and before we get into the rest of the month, might as well no! bring it down a little bit with the movie draft. <laughs> yeah, so this is unfortunately needs to happen. Um, you are still losing, which is my main hope and joy in life. But unfortunately, 
I've taken a dive. Good. Recently. It's about fucking time. <laughs> it's not 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 great because Expendables Four is a five point one on IMDb, and uh, yeah, that hurts hurts a lot. Looks like it made a lot of money opening weekend too. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it's just Thursday previews, oh, but yeah, it's still not. It's maybe the lowest Thursday previews of the year for that level of movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Haunting of Venice is medium, and uh, Equalizer Three is good, but small. <laughs> and Blue Beetle, I don't think it's going to make any more money. I think it's done. I think I they already took that out of theaters. Quaint little one hundred twenty-one million. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Um, and then you got you got Saw Ten coming out soon, which yeah, who knows? coming up soon. Saw Patrol weekend. The second biggest since Barbenheimer <laughs> saw X and Paw Patrol, the mighty movie. I feel like Double they're really movie. missing out on the, the marketing for, uh, for doing that right now. Yeah. Yeah. It would be <laughs> honestly, if anybody is actually double featuring those two movies, I don't want to know who you are because you're a very disturbed individual. <laughs> yeah, there's something really fucked up with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think probably more importantly is that the creator comes out soon. And I, A, still can't believe you drafted that movie. And B, I'm super hyped to see it because with Dune getting moved to next year, it is, I'm so excited for, of the two sci-fi movies, I realized last week, last episode after watching, well, not last episode, two episodes ago, watching all those B movies, mm -hmm. I freaking love sci science fiction. Like, uh, is my probably my favorite genre. Jake, I could have told you that a while ago, <laughs> because well, I, was, I have a hard time deciding what my favorite is. Well, I was so for one of the episodes we have uh, coming up a little bit later in the year, um, mm -hmm. one of our our future deep dive episodes, trying to figure out what to do for that one. My first thought literally was like, we always Please do sci-fi. <laughs> Please God, no more science fiction. I was like, I think the only times we haven't done sci-fi is like the couple that I've picked and Brick. Mm -hmm. But I think it's always been sci-fi. <laughs> yes, I did yeah. tell myself like. And Brick is weird enough and complicated <laughs> enough that you're like, of course you like this, you fucking weirdo. And I was like, all right, I gotta, I, I gotta take some rain on this one and be like, we're not doing sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. So people be excited to learn what movie we are doing instead. They'll be like, please bring back the science fiction. <laughs> right. Don't give it. I'm stoked to talk about it, but whew, that one's going to be a rough one to do. <laughs> Yeah, look forward to that. Uh, other than that, nothing else is really happening. It, like you said, I think last time, things have kind of slowed down until yeah. we get into the holidays. Uh, but Sox, then the creator will be very interesting to see what happens there yeah. in the next week or two. All right. New stuff. What new stuff have you seen recently? All right. So I had one of those other moments because I've gone like two weeks without watching anything new because I've just been prepping for the next four or five episodes it feels like mm -hmm. um but i did make it a point this time around i was like you're fucking watching some new stuff 
and you're going to catch up on a few that you've missed that have had a lot of hype. Especially going into spooky mm-hmm. season, I made it a point to hit up a couple big hype ones so I could finally be like, all right, I've seen them. Um, okay. First up was uh, I went and saw The Nun 2. As I told everyone the last episode, I will break down. I will go watch it. I've invested into the Conjuring universe because, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm a fool. Um, it sucks. It was bad. Almost as bad as the first one. Uh, It had a couple moments where I was like, ooh, you could, like, this could be the redeeming moment. And as I'm having that thought, it's like, oh, no, you just copied the first one. Yep, this sucks. This is real bad. This is real, real bad. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Yeah. To the point where I came home and immediately watched the first Conjuring because I was like, Mm -hmm. there's really only two well done movies in the conjuring universe mm-hmm. this is sad but i needed to watch the conjuring because i was like i need a good horror film i need something that's <laughs> like before it became and to kind of thing double check that you're still a fan of it you're yeah like, do i care about this <laughs> right still? i was like oh, okay have they totally fucked this up for me and they haven't i still mm-hmm. love the conjuring um but yeah the nun 2 was so dumb uh mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry okay good to know fans but it sucked um and then i finally got around to watching pearl oh yeah yeah uh, i've not seen that yet that one took me off guard you haven't watched it yet no i've so seen x me... but not pearl okay it is nowhere near as violent or as gross as x and that kind of oh, yeah. took me off guard. The movie was a little kind of like find your rhythm already, but it was interesting. Uh, the new Superman is in it. I forget his name, David something or other. Oh. Uh, yeah. He's in it. And I was like, oh, well, I guess now I've seen and heard <laughs> the new Superman. And I was like, all right, so mm-hmm. that's positive. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of Ty West. I, I think he makes interesting movies. But there is a monologue in Pearl that happens that I was like, yep, I'm a fan of this movie based on this scene. Mm. The rest of the movie is suddenly elevated for me. I enjoyed Pearl. It was pretty cool. Um, Good. But my my main thing that I wanted to watch was uh, this this character, especially this year, I feel, became like this huge. He built up all this hype. Uh, surprising hype that came out. Uh, the character's been around for like since 2017 or something like that. Uh, Art the Clown. So you heard of all the hype bet- behind the movie Terrifier 2 at like the start of the year. Did you hear all this? No. Okay. So this movie Terrifier 2 came out. It's a completely independent film, zero studio involvement the guy paid for oh i've seen this pictures yes yes huge terrifier one or is it a troll two situation no 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 there's like it's kind of a trilogy actually that i found out okay um but like a lot of hype to it it had this whole like watch if you dare kind of yeah marketing like super gross hyper violent like this is gonna scar people and so I've, I've been wanting to watch it 
but trying to find it has been a little bit more difficult for me because I'm not internet savvy. And uh, I finally found the trilogy. So it starts off with this one called All Hallows Eve. And it's like an anthology film where there's this kid finds a blank video or VHS tape in his candy bag on Halloween night. And it has three separate videos okay. on it that are all fucked up. And this clown pops up in all three. Okay. Super low budget. You can, it looks like he filmed all three movies really with like a Walmart video camera <laughs> from whenever, mm -hmm. but I kind of appreciated that. Yeah. So all Hallows yeah. Eve was interesting. Not great, but interesting. Terrifier yeah. one was fun. If you're a fan of the genre, like Terrifier one had some good moments. And then I watched Terrifier two. And I am all on board with the hype of this character, this movie, this franchise, which I hope it becomes. It was so much fucking fun. And I'm sure people will be like, Dustin, you're so fucked up because I found <laughs> some of it very funny and very like uh -huh. some of the grossest scenes I thought were hilarious. Uh, yeah, not for the squeamish, but holy crap. I <laughs> like it was that kind of moment, Jake. And you know me, you know, I love the genre. Terrifier 2 hit every perfect note where it was like almost a love letter to the genre as a whole from the 80s campy stuff, the comedic horror with like Evil Dead, the fucking uh, rat monkey even makes a, a fun cameo that most people probably won't catch. And that made me like almost cheer. <laughs> yeah, but. I can imagine you on the couch cheering. Oh, yeah. Screen. And then it's like it is hyper violent, not for the squeamish. It's gross. It's weird. It's so bizarre. <laughs> but I was like, it's a two and a half hour movie, almost two and a half hours. And I was like, when it ended, I was like, yes, I'm so hyped. I want to watch this again. <laughs> so good. Wow. Yeah. Um, Does it keep the like interesting premise of All Hallows Eve? Is there, is it, it just keeps building. So All Hallows Eve, okay. I was They're glad all related. that I, I watched all clown. three. I, I was glad that I followed the kind of succession of the films. Uh, just because yeah. they, they hint back to a lot of stuff. You don't have to, but I felt it made it more enjoyable. And the practical yeah. effects, it's like 99% all practical effects throughout all three of them very crazy low budget jake crazy yeah. low budget horrible nice. lighting weird editing odd sound <laughs> but when it ended like all three ended i was so happy that was the look that was how they're made i was like mm -hmm. this but like i was so happy so happy i haven't <laughs> been this excited about a horror like franchise in a long time and i'm stoked for it yeah i almost feel like i need okay. to warn my child like dad's gonna have another clown hanging up on the walls dude <laughs> yeah it's a weird looking one too that's not uh not exactly friendly and looking. he uh he does not speak ever okay that's probably best it oh it lends so much oh man yeah. it works so well so very excited okay. about those yeah Nice. Uh, I watched, like you, I watched a horror movie with really unnerving clowns in it. I don't know what that says about us, but I enjoyed mine as well. <laughs> I watched a movie. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Hell House LLC. I've heard of this, but I've never watched it, but I have heard of it. Okay. 
Is it? It's from 2015. Is it the found footage one? Yeah, so it's found footage, but it does a. So you have to like found footage first off because there is a good amount of that, um, almost all of that. But it does a really interesting job of wrapping it. Uh, most things like try to convince you that it makes sense when it really doesn't. That someone would be recording all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, it does a really interesting job of actually being found footage, but also being like a true crime, true, true crime documentary. Okay. That there's this haunted house that these people set up and there's some incident happened on the opening night and so there's all this like news footage and interviews with cops and reporters and stuff and then it there's like they find security footage and other footage that they shot while they were setting it up and it like leads into that and so it's really interesting i i've really liked it quite a bit um and it's it's pretty unnerving uh, as far as I've seen some haunted house movies that don't do as good of a job by far as this. And so I, I was pretty excited about it when it, when it ended. So I would recommend it for sure. And then I got around to watching talk to me, Oh yeah, the a 24 uh, Australian horror movie. And it, it was also pretty good. Um, I wouldn't say I loved it, but I thought it was different and interesting enough that I enjoyed it quite a bit. Did the kangaroos take I, you off guard too? no because you told Damn. me about it so i knew uh although i did tell christy i was like oh it's a little kangaroo it was pretty funny it was more up what's caught me more off guard is the fact that she left it there and what they was pretty sad yeah. that way yeah um but yeah it was, it was interesting and different i i would watch it again for sure um i see the see why people like it it's pretty memeable so i kind of get this generation's hype around it for sure yeah, I thought that my favorite part of it was kind of the lack of information on it and like how they yeah. hint to so many different spirits. And to me, I was like, it gives itself such a great opportunity where you don't necessarily have to follow one specific character. You can just follow that hand mm -hmm. almost and meet different right. spirits and shit. That could be fun. Yeah, yeah. And that it's kind of it's unclear where the hand came from and yeah. who got it and where it goes from there and how it gets passed around. Yeah, it's I think it's very interesting and it's set up in a clever way that it could definitely be built on, which I imagine they will do. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the other thing that we watched, we both watched a new thing. Yes, we did. And uh, we actually got a private and very important message from Paul from Elevator Pictures, who is an independent film studio. Um, they have a new film that they're premiered at the Jackson Art Film Festival. And it was just recently at the So Film Festival, SOO Film Festival. And they wanted us to check it out and review it and give our thoughts. And so we're mm -hmm. going to do that. Um, you unfortunately can't see it yet. It's going to be publicly available, I think, in December, though. Mm -hmm. So definitely check out uh, underscore elevator underscore pictures underscore on Instagram <laughs> and uh, elevator pictures underscore on YouTube uh, because it, it was definitely a pretty interesting little film. 12 minute short film. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about it overall? So it made me laugh because <laughs> I have worked with someone who is that main character. And I'm not going to go into any specifics. Um, mm -hmm. 
But, yeah, don't want to spoil anything. It's a pretty short film. But I have worked with that kind of human being before. Mm-hmm. And so I was laughing more at just the fact of like, <laughs> oh, dear God, I've been on the other side of this, like, of this. This is crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I enjoyed I it. I thought I it was a couple of times, mostly because of the the guy folding napkins for some reason every facial expression he would make i would just laugh. <laughs> yeah um which i think was i hope that was kind of what they were aiming for was to be kind mm-hmm. of a little a little comedic um a little silly i enjoyed it yeah. i i mean um first off um uh, i have a huge amount of respect you and i have talked about this before a uh, long, long time ago when we did that uh, Wandering Lions stuff. Um, huge amount of respect for these guys, these people that are going out and making these short films, these independent films for like no budget. Mm-hmm. You're making something, you're being creative. I think that's awesome. So I'm always, I always start off on the like, I'm all on board side. Uh, this yeah. entertain me. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, it did make me laugh. I I appreciated where it went because I kind of yeah. felt that was the direction it was going. And I was like, that's, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I, I really thought, I mean, I know when it first started and a certain well-known but controversial talk show host came on the radio at that I felt that it was a good sign that the film was going to be brave enough to do something different and interesting Mm -hmm. because most, I think most mainstream Hollywood studios would not put (laughs) that in their film or do anything (laughs) like that. And so I was like, wherever this goes, I mean, it could go. I also did think to myself, I have no idea who this guy is that messaged us this link to this movie. And I don't know (laughs) that what they're like, what they're like, what they like, what they don't like, what their agenda is or yeah. anything. So I was like, this could be go the other direction. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, just, I could have just told Dustin to watch this random ass thing. I, uh, I did find myself. I like where it went. Yeah, I, I did have for the briefest of seconds, bef- like as I clicked the link and sat down, I was like, all right, here we go. Let's do this. I had that mm-hmm. thought of like, you know, Jake and I tend to say at least a couple things and usually on purpose, and usually out of like spite and because mm-hmm. we feel it's okay to do this, uh, where we, we purposely agitate the, mm-hmm. the current social yeah, culture, the sad, <laughs> pathetic anyways. Um, so <laughs> part of me thought if there was a way for one of these people to have heard an episode where you and I might get a little bit uh, mm-hmm. soapboxy on some of the stuff, which we tend to do. Uh, I was yeah. like, this would be a good way to like <laughs> get under our skin. I kind of uh-huh. hope this is not that. Cause I'm going to have to like make a decision here. Do I be yeah. humble <laughs> or do <laughs> I like <laughs> kind of rip it apart? Um, mm-hmm. and then it wasn't that at all. It just ended up being something funny to me. Uh, yeah, so I, I like, it definitely appreciated the direction <laughs> it went and how it kind of subverted expectations. I actually have a movie on my list, uh, 
for this episode that I think does a very similar thing. Yeah. It subverts your expectations in an interesting way. So I liked it. I think that yeah. I would be interested in seeing more of it. Uh, well shot, pretty well edited, and or very well edited and pretty well acted, I would say, mm-hmm. um, for the short film that it was. Yeah, I, I would have like just a couple fun questions for for Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing bad, just a couple like how he uh, went about making a few of the shots in the in the film, and just fun, just fun, stupid uh, tidbits that I'm curious to learn. So. I have questions about shots too. I have questions about shots too, but it's mostly where do you get $2 whiskey shots that are that fat of a Thank you. That was like a three (laughs) third. That was like a double or a They poured that and I was like, whoa. Like, (laughs) you know. So inflation has to find out where this bar is. I remember back in like the party days, if if one of the bars was doing like a two or three dollar shot of whiskey or whatever it was like just a shot or a tiny tiny little like <laughs> yeah uh yeah what your whistle yeah but yeah i had the same thought jake i like that you and i were both like whoa <laughs> generous <laughs> <Yeah>. are we <laughs> yeah exactly but uh so yeah check out uh the movie's called salamander mm-hmm. and it's from elevator pictures and i think it should be out around this december um it's very fun worth 12 minutes it's a pretty cool yeah. movie for sure yeah all right and then before we get into the episode i said up before i was going to promote what we got going on in october yeah so we're trying to change things up you, guys <laughs> yeah change things up and also add a whole bunch of shit we got a lot going on in october yeah. um start off with obviously that salamander review that was a cool opportunity for this this so this episode comes out october 1st our second episode, our next episode, we're redoing one of our very first episodes ever um, that was plagued with terrible technical issues. And so uh, we'll, and just in time for spooky season, we're going to be doing our top 10 horror movies of all time. Yeah. Uh, I also imagine our lists may have changed in the last three years or so as well. So, and like that original episode, we're going to be joined by a very special guest. Super well. stoked for our special guest. So stoked. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll be very, very fun. Yeah. If you've uh, and then, uh, if you've been with us for a while, don't miss the top 10 horror because you'll be like, yes, <laughs> you'll yeah, be happy. It will be. It will definitely make uh, old fans happy for sure. Uh, then our third episode in October comes out the Sunday right before Halloween, mm-hmm. and we're focused on the triple threat John Carpenter movies. Yeah. Those are the ones that he wrote and directed and composed the music for. Uh, we'll do an episode dedicated to him and his genius. And on that episode, I, uh, I, I'm hoping to do an interview with a filmmaker as well. So we'll see how that turns out. That should be really fun. Yeah, it should be really interesting, and, uh, too. Yeah, so that's that's the official movie bonus schedule for the next month. Uh, however, we also should have two guest appearances on other podcasts coming up as well. Uh, I told you last time that we were going to be on the Be Critics podcast and that you should check it out. You can still check out their podcast, but you won't find us there because they had some technical difficulties. And unfortunately, we're not able to release that episode. But 
they didn't hate us. They liked us enough that they asked us to come back and record a new episode <laughs> on a new topic. So just in time for Halloween, we're going to be doing a hidden gem episode on the movie The Final Girls, which, which I worked well for this episode. It was like, I realized that today. Very excited to uh, to talk about that movie with, with the B critics again. They were a lot of fun. Uh, it is a shame you guys won't get to hear our episode because it was pretty great. Um, mm -hmm. But what a, what an in fun little bookended month for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That should be really good. So I think, yeah, that'll be towards the end of the month. And then also kind of towards the end of the month, uh, we should also be on the Film versus Film podcast, putting our Martin Scorsese pick up against their Martin Scorsese pick. Uh, and kind of debating which is better. So we're going to bring our A game and see how that goes. <laughs> that one's going to be, I'm, I'm excited for that one. Yeah, it should be very, very we, good. We've got a pretty awesome movie to talk about. So I think so too. I think it'll be really good. Yeah. Well, all right, Jake. Uh, so enough nonsense. Do Let's this. get on with the show. So I think. You went first last time. Yeah. So I will go first this time. Um, we are doing our top 10 final girls, obviously. And uh, I've been hyped for this for a long time. I, my wife has been hyped for this for a long time because it's been, it's meant that we get to watch scary movies, especially final girl horror movies. And she's very hyped about it. Um, I was like reading her a list. I was like, so do you want to watch this movie or this movie or this movie? And she's like, this is the best options ever. <laughs> She's Why like, are you asking me? About just all put this? one in and we watch them all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's it's a fun time, especially be. I mean, we started in September, and so yeah. it's been going on for a long time. Yeah. Um, actually, before we get into it, I did want to ask you: uh -oh. Do you have a definition of a final girl that you kind of went with, or is it kind of? I mean, there's the textbook example, but I think that cinema has also subverted the trope and done different things. Yeah, so trying to have just one solid definition was a little difficult for me. I went into it with like a certain kind of way of thinking about the classic kind of trope of, of the final girl. It tweaked mm -hmm. quite a bit. So I will preface my list with, I have some that will probably make people be like, whoa what get over it it's my list but also i can defend it um i also have to say i'm pretty positive we should put just a spoiler alert technically uh, yeah because technically the final girls all kind of spoil uh who survives <laughs> yeah i mean that is true i think a lot of movies they'll also be the first character you meet or one of the first characters you yeah. meet. Um, but yeah, it does do interesting things sometimes where it, you don't really know who's going to survive and then it ends up right. with a final um, girl. Yeah. I've got, I have one on mine that made me laugh because I thought as a joke, Oh, I wonder if she would technically count. And so I watched the movie uh -huh. and was like, well, yeah, I think she does. And I went online and was like, doing the google like does this count like what do mm -hmm. what do the the internet peoples say and i am not yeah. alone in my opinion on this so i was like sweet she's gonna be on my list because it's just awesome nice um okay i 
I have one pretty much right out the gate that Jake, due to a recent post you made or reacted to, I feel like you're going to try and harp on me about. Uh, oh, we'll shit. get to it. But I have my okay. I have my defense ready and poised. <laughs> I can't wait to tear that apart. Um, but yeah, I I try not to really define it. I just kind of ended up at like the final girl in horror is typically mm-hmm. going to be like one of the primary victims um, who is just put through the ringer. Like everyone around her is probably going to die some horrendous way. She's probably going to end up watching firsthand at least two mm-hmm. of them. And she will have to like face off with the villain one-on-one at some point. Um, and then ultimately she's going to make it to the end credits. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I feel like I have a few that might make, might might be a little like oh really? And I'll be like yeah I'm pulling a, okay I'm pulling a Jake tonight as I put in my notes. Nice. <laughs> well, good. I'm also pulling a Jake, seeing as how I am Jake, and I have several that I. Well, it is also interesting because I wanted to choose top ten final girls that I feel deserve it, but also we're talking about top ten horror next week, and so trying not to double dip too yeah. much. Very difficult, um, and to then do. also. <laughs> Also, of course, wanted to not just put all of the big obvious ones on there because they're great, but they're also but there's also you know, they've become kind more. of tropes and stand <laughs> stereotypes yeah. and they've had their time. And there are some other ones that have taken what they did and built upon it and made it even better. And I wanted to uh, you know highlight some of those different ones as well. Yeah. Yeah. For me, a final girl I felt obviously had to be a survivor. That's you know the main thing that you have to be you have to survive the course of the movie um but i think the most admirable admirable points of the final girl is that they are a fighter that they are tenacious and uh, and resourceful that they sol- start solving problems instead of getting overwhelmed or yeah. stuck or uh or whatever and so actually um yeah, just not giving up, being determined. That's what helps them survive. I feel like really you takes. and I might end up with a couple of crossovers. I feel like it's been a minute since you and I have had crossovers, but when I made my list, yeah, I do have a couple on here that I was like, I could totally see her being on Jake's. <laughs> and I was like, she's mm-hmm. either going to be higher on his or she's on it because Christy was like, how do you not have her on your list? <laughs> I did have to play some defense because there were some of those when I was like, so I want to put this girl on there. She's like, no, you can't do that. I was like, it's my list. Let me have a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. I also did notice that a lot, maybe not a lot, a good portion of mine seemed to have past trauma, which seems to make them stronger because they survived the trauma. And so now they're more capable of surviving this horrible ordeal that they're being put yeah, through. Yeah. So I think that I like that aspect of a final girl. And so maybe that's why several of them on my list have that. Cause I think it's an interesting uh, character trait, I guess yeah. to have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's so my it. number 10, my num- number 10 favorite final girl. Um, 
I, I debated this whole list very hard and a lot of things moved around, but I settled on number 10 with Michelle from 10 Cloverfield Lane. Oh, oh. Yeah, she is great. And that movie is, is great. great. She's great. It's this very great, surprisingly great movie. I'm a fan of the Cloverfield, and I'm a fan of the Cloverfield universe, although 10 Cloverfield Lane doesn't need to be part of the Cloverfield <laughs> right. universe, really. <laughs> like, it is, and I enjoy that it is, but I mostly enjoy the whole two, first two-thirds of the movie that has nothing to do with Cloverfieldness. Yeah. And it's because of Michelle and how Mary Elizabeth Winstead plays her as a girl that just gets abducted and taken into a bunker by a guy who maybe kidnapped her or maybe saved her and you don't really know what's going on. Uh, the whole movie just plays out the story so well where you, you don't really know what to expect and you definitely empathize with her as she's trying to understand how she got there, what's going on, can I leave? Should I leave? Uh, do I need to stay because it's safe for all of this stuff? And uh, so there's a lot of dilemma that she goes through and you can definitely experience it with her. And so I, I think it's a really, really, really solid movie that I enjoy thoroughly. Your reaction, I think, says it all. They're like, oh, yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, she is. That's a great pick. Oh, my God. See, that was one thing that I learned making this list was like, there are so many more. Uh, I had a guy at my work ask me, like, there's not that many final girls. How are you going to make a whole episode? How are you guys <laughs> going to find 20 final girls? And I, oh, yeah, it's way more. And I told him, like, dude, when I started just like my actual prep, like how I start prepping for this stuff, especially the top tens, I was like, mm -hmm. there were so many and so mm -hmm. many different lists. A lot of them have the same ones. Um, but mm. there was like so many and it helped me just kind of understanding like, Oh, it's not, not just like a slasher survivor, but it's right. like, there's a lot more to this. Um, yeah. Which was yeah, it's very not just helpful. your big three or big four yeah. uh, franchises. Yeah. But, Oh man, that's a good pick. Oh my God. I didn't even think of that one. Oh my God. Good. Now I'm like, well, I'm, that was my main hope was, I wanted to surprise you partly because I was like, A, he knows all of the horror movies. <laughs> and, them all. and B, I think that you would have, we do, I do also agree with you. I think we will cross over a couple yeah. of times at least. All right. So I had to have some surprises. I appreciate that. And it's so good. All right, Jake, brace yourself. I'm braced. Oh, I'm going to debate the shit out of this. This is the one you said I was. Yeah, this one might might get a reaction out of you. And I know damn sure your wife would be like, what the fuck? I'll text her right now. So I interrupt Dustin's podcast to tell him that he's. No, it might be good. I might change my tune. So Let's see. She's after your, on my top after you give 10. Your spiel. So she's, okay. she's there. But she's not the final girl. Technically, oh. there are other survivors with her, and that was why I was like, I think I have to put you down because you're technically uh -huh. not the final girl. But okay, her name is like 
right there. She almost redefined the final girl in horror. Hmm. Uh, so my number 10 is Sydney Prescott from Scream. Uh, I can already hear your wife being like, how the hell is Sydney at number 10? <laughs> yep. That's exactly what she's going to say. <laughs> Sydney is amazing. I have nothing against her. She's incredible. She's the most resourceful character of the Scream franchise. Um, yeah. She's the reason we want everyone like Ghostface takes all of the marketing, right? But I was, yeah. I actually had this conversation with my daughter about this. She hasn't watched the Scream franchise yet, although she's been kind of getting a little curious about it a little bit. So I'm like, ooh, maybe I'll introduce mm -hmm. you to Sydney. All right. Um, <laughs> but we were talking about it, and uh, she's incredible. Sydney's badass. And I told my daughter, like, Ghostface is on all the posters. Ghostface Killer is always just he's the marketing but everyone uh, goes to almost said you almost said ghostface killer. i know i realized like wait isn't that a rapper um <laughs> yeah but sydney Pre audiences go to watch sydney prescott and i told my daughter like to me that's a big reason why the most recent scream was not mm -hmm. that great because yeah we want to see sydney go toe-to-toe -to -toe with whoever the new killer is um, but Sydney's amazing. I've got nothing against her, but she's not the final girl. Gail survives. And mm -hmm. then on top of that, especially in the first scream, they're not even the last two. Like, so technically yeah. there are more survivors in scream and in all of mm -hmm. the sequels, Sydney's never the last one. And so for yeah. technicality, <laughs> I couldn't put her higher than number 10, but I wasn't going to leave Sydney Prescott off of my top 10 because she, like I said earlier, she basically redefined that trope in horror. Right. And so out of respect, she's still on the list, but mm -hmm. technicalities dropped her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's very specific of you. Yeah. I've never known you to um, be very like, factual and bullet pointed of well technically and she doesn't count the reason so. i was like this might trigger jake a little bit because like three days ago you participated mm -hmm. in a poll on our instagram where they had sydney prescott and laurie strode and they voted laurie strode higher than sydney prescott and you were like yeah blasphemy bullshit. bullshit and i was like jake's gonna be <laughs> mad <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was very surprised by that. So, yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you read our Instagram <laughs> messages. So that's good. I was on lunch break at work and doing that quick, like, I got to go through. I got to go through. <laughs> I was like, wait, Jake's calling bullshit. What did he call bullshit on? And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. Okay, well, that's very interesting. That throws my whole expectation of where this is going to go on off the rails. It is an overlap for us. I have her a little bit higher than you did. Um, that's interesting. Okay, I did text Christy that Dustin has Sydney at number ten, and uh, so you might be getting a text. <laughs> or she's just going to silently judge me. 
that's fair too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. My number nine then is from another kind of little, littler known movie, not one of the main big franchises. Uh, my number nine is Aaron Harson from Your Next. Aaron is a badass. Is a, she's a freaking <laughs> badass, dude. Like, your, I hadn't seen Your Next in a while, and I was like, I remember it being okay, pretty good. I need to rewatch it, but I felt like she was a good final girl because I knew that she survived. And I rewatched it, and I was like, this chick is tenacious and violent. Like she might kill more people than the actual attackers do <laughs> because she, she's the completely responsible for killing all of them. She, and, I think she does have the highest body count in that movie. <laughs> and she's like the guest at the family get together. She's not like nobody else in the family. None of the dudes, nobody else kills anybody. Right. She kills all of them. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so she's badass. She handles her shit. She knows what she's doing. Uh, and so yeah, I, I thought that she was really good. I also, side note, did really enjoy Your Next. I liked it more than I think I remembered liking it. Uh, I thought that there, the, the way that it reveals itself and builds on itself is better than I remembered. And so I'm going to put it on my list of horror movies that I enjoy. Uh, it's a good movie for sure. But if you want to see a chick killing home invaders or murderers or whatever they are, check out your next because she does a really good job of it. Uh, that is also a crossover for us. Um, I have her okay. higher on my list. Oh, um, interesting. I love that movie. I have mentioned it, I think several times on this show. It's one of my, mm. and some people will be like, God damn it, Dustin. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those that I would consider one of my comfort films or like the movies I put on mm. when I'm relaxing and don't really want to think about anything. I will typically end up finding myself watching <laughs> Aaron fuck people shit up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So well, the, it's not that fucked up. Like it's I didn't say the I movie's fucked up. People, I you... said she fucks people up in that movie. No, but you said you fall asleep oh, to yeah, it or I enjoy do. it. It's one of your comfort movies and people judge you for that. It's yeah. not that judgmental. I mean, I get judged like all the, the time for like relaxing to horror and some of the like mm -hmm. more extreme. I do. You've even looked at me and been like, I think there's something wrong with you, man. Maybe not that kindly, but you've been like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I. I understand it. I know where it comes from. It's, mm -hmm. it's valid. It's valid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, what an awesome pick. Jake, I'm proud of you. <sighs> Thank you. I didn't even know I was going to make you proud, but I'm glad that I did. <laughs> well, you are. All right. My number nine is from a very uh, classic franchise. Everyone knows this franchise. Everyone knows the killer. Um, but my number nine is not the one that I think most people would think of because I think the final girl in the sequel is actually far mm. superior than the final girl in the first movie. And so okay. Jenny from Friday, the 13th part two is my mm. number nine. It's spelled like Jenny from Harry Potter. Uh, G I N N Y. Yeah. I think that is. Yeah. yeah. 
Not that I know. I'm not a Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked you dropped the Harry Potter reference and it took me <laughs> off guard a little bit. Well, the way you said Ginny, well, that's I was right. like, I feel like Ginny. I said, uh, don't they call her Jenny or something like they that? They pronounce it weird. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's how it's spelled. Uh, she's just a badass. And although she's not in a lot of the, like when Jason actually shows up, um, because mm. for you, non-horror fans who think Jason has been the killer the whole time. He hasn't obviously never seen scream. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's where I learned that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like one of the quizzes that it he is. gives. And I was like, Oh, I didn't yeah. actually know that. Cause I, I Friday the 13th is the series that I've watched the least. Of oh, all really the big franchises. Yeah. I have the whole franchise, but I rarely watch the whole franchise. I usually just watch the first two because they're the best. They're just they're just good. Um, but yeah, Jenny's just she's awesome. And she is what you were describing, Jake, where she's tenacious. She figures out how to fight back and she kind of she gets really smart on the fly. So she's very like quick to adapt. She's very quick to realize what she needs to do and to try different survival tactics um the mm -hmm. way that she manages to survive the film is probably the part of the movie that makes it so high for me because i almost like it more than the original don't at me i said mm -hmm. almost um <laughs> but she's also at number nine because she is also not the only survivor but she deserves a spot because of her will to live and what she's willing to just kind okay. of put herself through to live. Um, but yeah, so that's my number nine. She's cool. She's a badass. Okay. I appreciate your narrowing down of Final Girls. It's very much like the actual horror movie itself that as more and more people get killed off, if a bunch of people live, that doesn't count as much for you. And you put it at the bottom <laughs> of the list. If, you, if there's a sole survivor, that will be at the top, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Interesting. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good to know. So now we know where this is going. Um, my number eight, I think you alluded to with your beer choice, potentially, probably. It seems obvious to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. It ties in well. Yeah. My number eight is Thomason from The Witch, which, which, it's kind of funny to say which the witch uh kind of seems like a cheat in a way because are you really the final girl if you chose to you know join the dark side i mean it's kind of an if you can't beat them join them situation yeah. um but also she's you know she's figures out that's the best solution this is going to work best for me in my life and goes with it so I ends up becoming a witch and serving Satan. And that's fine <laughs> for her, for her <laughs> in the woods, you know, turn of the century America, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had that same debate. She is a crossover again. That's three right out of the gate. Wow. Um, okay. Thomason is also on my list. I had the same kind of thought as you did. Um, she's a little mm -hmm. bit higher on mine. Um, 
but she counts. I went this route with Thomason. She counts mm-hmm. because of the trauma that she goes through. It's still horror. It's a different yeah. kind. I mean, hers is like psychological abuse. It's right. Like, I mean, they're isolated. They've been ostracized. They've been kicked out. Um, and depending on what theory you go with when you watch the witch, you know, their crops are mm-hmm. bad. They've got, like, I forget what, right. what it's called, but it's like a rot. So all yeah. of some people's series is that the rot in their crops has actually kind of turned the family crazy. And that's why all blame mm-hmm. goes towards Thomas and why she's put through what she's put through. Um, so mm-hmm. I went the route. She counts because of the trauma that she endures, like all the mental trauma that she endures throughout yeah. the film. Um, and then she does have a, a pretty bloody fight. And that's what <laughs> I was like. Yep. She's on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a staple. You got to have a pretty bloody fight. Uh, that's very important. Yeah. I think that it's, it's an interesting kind of coming of age story where she, I mean, it's all about the trauma and her family and being ostracized, like you said, and trying to survive on their own outside of the community on their farm. But, and then all of the crazy things that happen to them or the craziness that they actually, you know, become and do to themselves. <laughs> but it is also, how do you fight off your family and their expectations of you and all this stuff? And, become who you want to be or mm-hmm. who you will be and go off on your own. Um, normally you just move out. You don't strip off your clothes and walk into the woods <laughs> and become a witch. But like I said, teach their own. That's fine. I, I like this movie more and more um, the more I watch it. And so, and I think the more I get mm-hmm. Robert Eggers and all of the stuff that he makes, um, I'm like, I get you. I like you. Yeah. And I like where that all this goes. And so, uh, it was a solid one. I had to have it on my list for sure. Yeah. Uh, she is a crossover, like I said earlier, but in a little bit. Uh, so before we talk yeah. about Thomason again, uh, my number eight is the one that I was like, I will probably get eye rolls for this one, but <laughs> okay. get over it. Um, she has been around, especially for our generation. We've been watching her for years. She's the face of this franchise. She is straight badass. And for a chick who Mm. has no memory for the better part of the first movie, she holds her own. Uh, A lot of people would maybe argue that it's not an entirely pure horror film because it has a lot of action sequences in it, but there's still zombies. There are still zombie dogs and weird zombie creatures. And Alice from resident evil is a straight badass and she yeah she's over Ginny and sydney and some people might be like well she's not the only survivor of the first resident evil as well doesn't i know but her fellow survivor you can argue actually doesn't survive because he has turned into just this horrendous monster creature mm-hmm. so but alice this was the one where i was like wait she totally counts she's put through this whole like lockdown she's fighting off zombies she's fighting off ai people ai is evil stop following ai (laughs) um (laughs) yeah that's true 
and she's got it. She literally fights her way through the whole thing. She like has to watch this team that she kind of connects with just on a pure survivor level. And she's like yeah. emotionally attached to them, not because she knows them, but because they're just, they represent something other than death. And then she's got to watch them all go. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Alice totally fits the mold in my opinion. And she is, I think she's another one, a lot like Sydney where it took the trope of, like the final girl from the eighties where it's complete victim um, where they're trying right. to like get over trauma kind of subvert, subvert that and turn it on its head where it's the final girl is now not only fighting She's for badass. her survival, but she does it in the most badass ways uh, and then continues yeah. to fight. She's no longer afraid moving forward. She's just not scared of anything ahead of her. And uh, yeah, kind of merging the final girl archetype with the hero yeah, archetype. Yeah. So Alice hits my number eight because goddamn, <laughs> she's so cool. <laughs> That's funny you say that. I've been thinking, I was like, I need to revisit the whole Resident Evil franchise because it's it's fun. It's a very enjoyable uh, experience. And Mila Jovovich yeah. plays Alice so well that it's it's just a fun time so it is i don't fall for that time. at all that's great i love that uh okay my number seven is probably my first formal mm, normal final girl on my list um i may get heat for this being so low because it is one of the heavy hitters but i have my reasons uh <laughs> nine number seven is Ellen Ripley from oh, Alien. All right. And uh, I love Alien. I think it's a phenomenal film. And I love Ellen Ripley. Uh, part of the reason I have her so low, though, is she only survives one film. And uh, some of my other ones have multiple films. Also, uh, I don't know. She doesn't have a lot of the final girl. I don't know gusto or backstory she's not like a traditional final girl she's like well first of all it's science fiction again of course but alien toes that line between like straight sci-fi and horror it toes that line it is it does but it has an ai ship that you know manipulates them and the cyborg alien like a cyborg guy who gets his guts poured out when there's milk everywhere and it's gross, but yes, it does. It is very, very much more horror than not, and uh, and way more horror than the rest of the franchises. It is kind of unique, I think, in that sense. So the first Alien is especially great, and Ellen Ripley is a big part of that. Yeah. But uh, but but I think that she she does a great job of surviving and also doing all of the things that her crew can't do like her crew doesn't figure out all of the things that she does and and there's reasons that they all get eaten or knocked off or whatever and she survives um and it all works really really well so she was a great great pick but just not quite as fascinating or different as the rest of the ones on my list and so that's why she's at number seven well that's fair i i i get where you're you're coming from with that um she's also a crossover that's four (laughs) nice uh she's a little bit higher on my list 
Um, but I, I, like I get where you're coming risk. from with, with your reasonings. I, I get that compared to some of these girls. Um, I, I could see your argument. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I had to think when you were like, she only survives one movie. And I was like, oh, he's going with the technicality as long as people like continue watching the credits. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. If you can do technicalities for your final girls and Sydney, I'm going to do it. hundred percent. And that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right. My number seven is one of our yeah. crossovers. My number seven is Thomason from the witch. Um, okay. I just, first off, I laugh every time that I watch the witch because I love that movie so much. And I laugh every time because of how much I despised that movie. The first time we saw it. Um, yeah, it was a strong dislike. It was man. I remember ranting and hating that movie for so long in the parking lot. Yeah. And then you and Christy months after. Yeah. And then you and Christy convinced me to rewatch it. And I did. And I found myself just being like, Oh, and then the more I watch it, the more I'm like, I love this movie. This is such a good movie. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. I love Robert Eggers. And I'm like, <laughs> give me more. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Thomason is just, she's so, it's a different kind of horror. It reminds me of the kind of like psychological stuff from like Carrie with Carrie's mm-hmm. mom being the ultra religious who like is abusive with her. Yeah. With her beliefs. Thomason's family is very abusive when it comes to their beliefs. Um, mm-hmm. And I think just all the trauma she's put through having it, she's the eldest in the family or of the kids. She's having to watch her family struggle and fail. And then to overhear mm-hmm. the family or her parents literally talking and debating, like we'll just give her away to another family. <laughs> like, yeah that's horrible to do to a kid. And then you add on top of it, like a witch stole her baby brother right from under her. Like mm-hmm. Thomason's put through the ringer. It's just not in a traditional violence, you know, yeah. gore fest that we're used to with a lot of what our final girls kind of go through. Um, yeah. But that's why she's on my list is because although she does kind of like, well, if you can't fight them, I guess I'm just going to do it, uh, which is a new kind of trope for uh, a final girl. But Thomason mm-hmm. deserves a spot on it. She is such a good character. I love that movie so much. <laughs> yeah, it's a great, great choice. I'm, I'm glad that we agree as well that she's uh, she's pretty darn great. Yeah. Uh, very close to the same rating as well. Yeah. Ranking. Uh, my number six then is, is one that I didn't initially think of, but then came to me much later and I was like, oh yeah, she's actually better than some of these other ones. So I had to bump them down and plop her in the middle here. Um, my number six is Casey Cook from Split. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa! Absolutely counts, and uh, I could tell from your response that I surprised you with that. Yes, you did. Oh yeah, she's fantastic, and 
And part the main reason why I love her so much is because, I mean, she's introduced as a very kind of awkward, weird girl. Mm -hmm. And then the way that M. Night Shyamalan shows you the story, then she really kind of reveals parts of her character that actually make sense why she's so resourceful, why she's so um, tenacious and determined and uh, and not surprised and not overwhelmed like all of the other girls are they're like oh my god i can't believe this is happening and uh she's like yeah it, it happens because the life sucks and people will take advantage of you uh, and the it does such a great job of showing and uh, christy pointed this out um my wife she said kind of pointed out what i was talking about at the beginning where the best final girls come from some trauma that made them stronger which mm -hmm. i totally agree with and the way that you see her and her uncle as a little kid, that cute, adorable little girl and her uncle, like, and he's like taking her out into the woods to like play, quote unquote. It's just the most uncomfortable and disgusting thing that doesn't show anything or do anything, but you just feel bad and wrong the whole time. Yeah. I remember when we saw that in the theater. Um, mm -hmm. those scenes with the uncle I remember just being like uh, I'm not I'm not comfortable at all this is <laughs> this is bad yeah I don't like this <laughs> yeah. it's so effectively done and you totally understand her more after seeing that and just the way that she dresses the way that she acts you're like oh I get where you're yeah. coming from, I get all of this. And the way Annie Taylor Joy plays her, it all comes across in her face and her actions. And so I I love it. I thought that it worked so well and and Split's a pretty strong horror movie. Like oh yeah. It's it's surprisingly good, uh very enjoyable, but also definitely still in the genre. Yeah. That's such a good pick. Oh my god. You've had two that my brain was like, we're not even gonna think of them. God damn it. Mm -hmm. All right, I see you, Jake. I see what I see what you're up to. All right, this is, yep. All right, look at Jake. Go. You know me. All right. <laughs> well, my number six, I would say, is the first heavy hitter classic, like official okay. classic on my list. Um, yeah, she's ranked kind of lower just because she's kind of whiny a lot of the time. <laughs> Okay. But she's annoying. She has her moments, especially as sure. the franchise continues. She has moments where you're like, just shut up. Like, <laughs> but in that first one, that original one, she is the only one who kind of figures things out. And mm -hmm. instead of running from it, she just kind of decides, like, I know what I gotta do, so I'm just mm -hmm. gonna do it. And and then she has to put up with all the grown-ups, all the friends who are just like, you're crazy. All you need to do is get some sleep. And she's like, that's literally what's going to kill me. Uh, so oh, my yeah. number six is Nancy Thompson from the OG Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, she has moments where you're just like, Nancy, you just, you gotta quit whining all the time. <laughs> you know what scene... <laughs> You know what scene bumped her down for me? <laughs> and I was like, what? yep, I'm an old man. That's for sure. 
is her calling her boyfriend at midnight using the home phone. Now I get it. It's the eighties cell phones weren't around, but I was like, anyone calling almost at midnight, you deserve to be hung up on it. How dare you? Yeah, absolutely. But my family would not go for that. Right. Nancy is, She's headstrong, so she's on my list. She's classic. I love Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy Krueger versus Nancy mm-hmm. has always been just so much fun for me to watch. Um, yeah, so she was on my list. She was one of the original that I knew immediately, like, <laughs> Nancy's there. Uh, and I yeah. did have her higher. I did a very cliche thing where I put heavy hitters all right at the top. Yeah, and then naturally. I was like... I sat down and literally just went, well, that's not accurate. So I actually took <laughs> them all off completely. Okay. And then yeah. was like, no, you, you're on the list, but you're going to be shuffled around a bit. Mm-hmm. But Nancy, although she decides to call a boyfriend at midnight. Uh, <laughs> so only strike against her. Crazy chick. And being whiny. I guess. Uh, she has a couple scenes where she's whiny. But uh, but can you blame her? She's surviving nightmares on Elm Street. There's a couple scenes where it's like, <laughs> maybe just take a bit. I think just saying she gets the right to complain a little bit. Oh, I didn't say it's she's, she's whiny. It's all in how she's like <laughs> trying to convey her stress. It's like there's, oh, there's a different way, Nancy. The like, pitch, the tone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Nancy's awesome, despite the the stupid nitpicky things that I just said, which were, mm-hmm. you know, more comedic than anything, because I just thought it was funny. But yeah, yeah, uh, she's a great survivor. Nancy like is that. a great survivor. She is. She is the only survivor. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one for uh, yeah, sure. She's a heavy hitter for sure. OK. Uh, my number five is. The one I alluded to earlier when we were giving our review of Salamander, because this movie has a similar, I think, subversion of expectations a lot. And one of the reasons I like it so much, because it's different than what you would expect. My number five is Crystal May Creasy from The Hunt. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which is an underrated gem that came out in 2020 during the pandemic that a lot of people missed, uh, based on. One of my favorite stories, The Most Dangerous Game, and written by Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse. It's such a fun movie. And the way that Crystal, the first scene that you see her in, she's making a compass out of a needle with her hair and putting it in the water and figuring out, she's figuring shit out from the jump. And so that, I think, is a great introduction to her character. You don't even know she's the main character for a lot of the beginning of the movie because you're like, I recognize that actor. Mm-hmm. I recognize that actor. And then they all end up dying. And, and then you end up with crystal and the way Betty Gilpin, who I have loved since glow, she's mm-hmm. a phenomenal actress. Um, the way she plays her is so good. And, and she's, you don't really know why she's good at all these things other than she's from the South. And of course they all know how to use guns and hunt and (laughs) fish and all that stuff. That's what you do. But the movie does such a good job of like playing into the tropes of 
middle middle America versus you know liberal elites basically, and then also, but you would expect it to go one way based on it being a Hollywood film, and then it always goes the other way, and always as the people that are saying the craziest things end up being right, and you don't really know what (laughs) what to expect when you're halfway through the movie because you're like, well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so I highly recommend this movie. Even if you don't like horror movies, it's just a fun, fun movie. Um, It's also the movie that sticks with me because it's the movie that I learned the biggest lesson from a villain in, which is how to cut a tomato properly is that you should use a bread knife. And I've been doing that since I've seen this movie and it's changed my life. I absolutely swear by using a bread knife to cut tomatoes it is the best thing you should do so not that it has anything to do with being a final girl it has more to do with being a villain monologuing about nonsense but it works and you villains should do it more often because i learned a lot from it that movie's so good that's great that is a fantastic pick although i didn't even think of that that pick is not surprising at all to be on your list. And I mean yeah, that I in the most, it. like, the nicest way. I just, I know how much you love that movie. You were the one that was like, you had told me several times, mm-hmm. you gotta see The Hunt. <laughs> and you were right. The Hunt is amazing. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's brutal. Um, and the fact that it's completely opposite of what you would expect from from Hollywood mm-hmm. makes it that much better. Uh, I think because of what that movie is, is probably, I think that movie was set to fail despite even without the pandemic, had that not been a yeah, thing, probably. I think that movie was set up to fail because of what that movie mm-hmm. <laughs> says and shows. Um, yeah, I bet you're right. But the hunt's fantastic. What a good pick, Jake. I like that you <laughs> and I, because a hunt, to me would almost be like resident evil where it kind of goes mm-hmm. into a more like people would view it as an action movie that has yeah. horror elements. Um, but I like that we both picked final girls that <laughs> are just bad ass. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Know how to fight. All right. Yeah. It's an important aspect. It's best it's, if you know how to fight. It is. Uh, my number five, I guess technically I should have put her a little lower, but oh no, I put her at number five. She's in the middle because one very nostalgic for me. I have great love for this character because this franchise, her and the main killer have, or the killer completely changed like horror for me. There's been a huge, huge part of my fandom of this genre. Um, But she's at number five, one, because she doesn't ever really fight. She kind of like just manages to survive and get herself and the two kids that she's babysitting out of the, the horrible situation that they're in. Okay. But I also wasn't going to put her too far low because to me, she's like the OG final girl. Uh, Lori Strode is my number five from the original Halloween back when Halloween was amazing. Fuck you, David Gordon Green. Um, 
I was I was curious. This is the one I was the most curious about because I know you are a Halloween fan and you have been forever. Yes. And you hopefully will always be. Yes. But I also know that you've had the Star Wars effect recently where you've started to question that a little bit. Been forced to I was challenged. And, uh, I was challenged. I didn't Halloween, know if it would show up on the list. Halloween kill or Halloween ends really really hurt this franchise in my opinion this was halloween ends was a bigger travesty to me than like the star wars prequels and the last jedi combined yeah um yeah the, it really hurt the franchise to me real bad <laughs> but because i did question for a long time like it's ridiculous i'm fully aware but i fully questioned like at yeah. one point thinking about like, do I take down all of my Michael Myers? Like, do I even <laughs> put Michael up? I just, because uh -huh. it, it was such a travesty to me how David Gordon Green completely annihilated <laughs> such a great character and story. Um, but then I was like, you know what? H2O is way better than Halloween kills and Halloween ends. Yeah. I can always just stick with the OG <laughs> through the terrible 2001 finale of Lori's uh -huh. story, right? It's like, I can stick mm -hmm. with that. That can be my actual Halloween franchise, and I'm happy. I'm good yeah. with that. So Lori is I mean, still... You, you, can even, you can even pretend that Halloween 2018 is the end. I could. And that's... That that's the end. I mean, it kind of leaves it on a cliffhanger. You could choose to believe that if you wanted to, I could. you know, go the delusional path. Well, I, I could do that, but I haven't even been able to bring myself to rewatch that one because I know where it goes. And yeah. And I'm like, eh, I think, I think I'm sticking <laughs> with my, uh, my, my originals that might sound like, a little horror pretentious to me or whatever. I don't care. Fuck David Gordon green. Yeah. Uh, fuck him in his stupid movie franchise ruining face. Uh, I think the exorcist <laughs> looks hilariously horrible. It looks like it's trying too hard. He's going to rape and destroy that franchise as well. Fuck you, David yeah. Gordon green. Fuck you and your stupid face. He's, this generation's George Lucas. It seems like to me. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah, so Lori's my number five because she's still awesome. She's still a survivor, and finding yeah. your best friend's bodies lying around and knowing that you are <laughs> being stalked on purpose to be the last victim while trying to mm -hmm. keep two 10-year-old kids alive, uh, that's a heavy burden for one to to have. Yeah, so admirable. She is my number five because she's just... She's kind of like the baseline for Final Girl to me. So that's true. That's definitely true. She's kind of a good middle of the road choice, I would say. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, my number four is I kind of just realized has a lot in common with Thomason from The Witch, but I don't care. She's still on my list anyway. <laughs> my number four is Danny Arder from midsummer oh yeah 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 she's i mean she's also the 
I wouldn't say she's so much of a join them kind of a person. There's it's debatable that she doesn't have a lot of other choices. Well, you make that same debate with Thomason. You could, (laughs) but I don't know. I feel like Danny. It's not that her family abused her and went crazy. It's that her family died. (laughs) It's not spoiler alert. It's the beginning of the movie. Her family died and her sister killed them and and she has nothing left yeah. really. And then uh and then find basically finds family again in a different way. Blech. And uh <laughs> it, it freaks Dustin out because it has to do with cults, basically. <laughs> and I love Midsummer because it's like it's a horror movie, but it's so different because you don't expect anything terrible that you see to actually happen. Like when you watch a horror movie, it gets dark and there's music and there's things that happen. You're like, Oh no, something terrible is about to happen in midsummer. It's bright. It's beautiful. And then this guy's face is getting bashed in and you're like, what the fuck? Or you see a weird tapestry of a hairy vagina getting like trimmed. It's just, it's a very unnerving film that you don't expect anything that is going to happen to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and I think the unnervingness of it lends to the tension for sure. From Danny's perspective, I mean, on one side, uh, I had this thought as I was watching it because a lot of people, they're like, yeah, that boyfriend sucks. Fuck that guy. He sucks. And he does. He definitely sucks. But he's also kind of trapped in this situation where he'd like to break up with this girl, mm-hmm. but then her whole family dies and you can't really break up <laughs> he, with her at that there point. There ain't no way you're going to like be the dude that broke up with the girl. <laughs> yeah. And so he's kind of stuck and she kind of – she has a lot of very like emotional problems where she is – trying to like keep him happy and keep him in the relationship and pleasing all these different people Mm -hmm. um just to like i don't know be liked and stay around and not create drama not create ripples and not be seen as that girl but sometimes you got to be that girl and just say no i don't want to do that that kind of stuff so i would encourage her to do that that's the only reason she's not higher higher because she does she does have less of a spine than she should for most of the movie but she does find it in the end Mm -hmm. granted it says the may queen and the head of this cult kind of thing as her boyfriend burns in a bear suit spoiler for the midsummer but (laughs) i would say that it's a great film and she's a great final girl one of the best partly partly because of how florence Pugh plays her she's Mm -hmm. just she's a great crier and it's a great movie about grief as well so it fits so well she's a fantastic crier um, She's got that patented brown yep. face that she does really well. Yep. yep. Uh, great pick. Great pick. Um, I'm always weirded by myself that I am a fan of that movie because cults are bad. <laughs> think is evil. Stay out of that <laughs> shit. It's detrimental to your health in every possible yeah. way. Um, yes, mm. I can handle. I can handle some of the most gruesome shit. And be fine. <laughs> you know what I can't handle? Yeah. Cults. They're evil. Stay away <laughs> from them, people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I yeah. always judge Not myself because I'm like, I really love Midsummer. It's about cults. 
Yeah. But I'm a fan of the movie, not the cult. Um, Florence Pugh <laughs> is awesome in it. She's a fantastic pick. I knew she was on your list. I had a, <laughs> an inkling because yeah. your wife posted a screenshot from it. And whenever uh-huh. you post screenshots of movies, I'm like, oh, they're watching that one. And I thought, oh, she's on his list. <laughs> Sometimes I watch them to see if they will be on my list. That was Not one often. that I felt was like <laughs> that would be a Christie argument of why she should be on the list. Yeah. <laughs> she no, she was one of the first ones I think I had. Oh, on really? There. But it is also the first Ari Aster movie I've watched since Bo is Afraid. And I was a little hesitant because I was like, did I, did I, am I going to nitpick? Am I going to be like, oh, you are too weird, too pretentious to all these things that I hated about Bo's Afraid. But it's so good. Midsummer is so <laughs> good, good and movie. so well done. And the transitions and everything are so cleverly designed and structured. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie. I don't know what he did with Bo's Afraid. It fucking sucks. He's but up. That movie is horrible. It's so bad. Yeah. God, I hate that movie too far. Oh, (laughs) anyway, anyway, number four. Good pick. All right. My number four is another crossover of ours. Um, I told you she was higher on my list. Uh, Ellen Ripley comes in at number four for me. Okay. Uh, yeah, she's number four because she's final girl and she, uh, she fights. She knows how to survive. She does what she has to to survive. She has an understanding. What really cements yeah. her high up for me is the conclusion of Alien, the first one, uh, where yeah. she is trapped in very close quarters. There is no, like, no place to hide. There is no place to run. She fully understands. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to face off with this this alien. And she understands immediately kind of what she has to do to survive. She has to put her own life at risk to survive. It's this Mm -hmm. whole extreme thing. And she manages to do it. I just think Ellen Ripley is such an icon in final girl and horror and sci-fi, but also she kind of helped revolutionize like the strong female lead, the, doesn't yeah. take shit from anyone woman. And I think that's yeah, very you wouldn't admirable. have a resident evil without alien. Yeah. For sure. Um, Ellen Ripley's just, she's very nostalgic to me. So that was a big push of why she was going to be so high up because I love alien. I yeah. love this character. Um, and I love that monster, but Ellen Ripley it, through all four movies, even when she's, you know, humanoid cyborg thing uh she's still a badass although i would say i think she's a bigger badass in the first two aliens than she is in the last two aliens um but she's awesome i love ellen ripley i totally understand where you were coming from with why you put her so low but she's Mm -hmm. high on mine just because she goes into like instant survival mode and i like seeing that i like seeing just the like understanding of okay this is what I got to do. So we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She does a great job. I think of understanding the stakes of it's like a 
fire on a boat. Like yeah. it, we got to fucking deal with this or we are all <laughs> right. Like we don't like, get to shy away from this one. This is here. It's happening. Yeah. We got to We deal are with in it. space. We got a big problem. Let's just meet it head on. And she does a great job of that for sure. I forgot that in alien resurrection, they, it was 200 years after her death and they clone her body. Yeah. And retrieve the alien queen embryo from her. Alien Resurrection is one of those sequels where you're like, it's not horrible. It's actually not that bad of a movie. It's not Mm -hmm. that good of a movie either. (laughs) But what it definitely is, is unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That is the most accurate statement I've ever heard. (laughs) Yes, that's true. Uh, Okay, my number three then is... My top three are all so good and so close. My number three is the last one-off final girl. So a lot of them that I've had have not had franchises. They're just like an individual movie character that they survive. And I just love them. And I love that movie. This is the last one of those. My number three is Grace Le Demos from Ready or Not. Yes, which yes, 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 yes. I absolutely love that movie. I know you do too. Played by Samara Weaving. It's just such a, it's fun, which is a big positive for it, mm-hmm. but also it's so different and interesting. And that's one of the huge things I gravitate in movies to all the time is that the way that she enters this family and doesn't really know anything about them. And there's the whole awkwardness that you always have like meeting in-laws and and people that even the ones that couldn't make it to the wedding that got to later whatever she just meets them and you feel like you should you know impress them you should be nice you should uh try to get them to love you and be part of the family and insert yourself and she tries so hard to insert herself and uh and and love this family that she's never met before while they're just deciding that they want to try to kill her instead because they have to. Um, They play a game and decide that, oh, well, we have to hunt and kill her now. Uh, It is just so, I guess a lot of the same reasons I love the hunt and her tenaciousness that she, she, when it dawns on her what's happening, is one of the most incredible scenes because she thinks for a long time she's just playing hide and seek and it's just a fun, (laughs) silly thing. And she's still a little bit drunk from the wedding and all this stuff, but she has a harsh realization, which brings her directly back to soberness that this is real and this is bad. And these people are going to murder you. And so when she like, rips off her dress and puts on her, you know, converse. The yellow kicks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. T- just takes on that uh, basically mantle of deciding I'm going to survive this and I'm going to do whatever it takes. Uh, I, I love the whole transformation. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the best examples of that. Even so many years after it's been established what a final girls is, it could become cliche, but this movie doesn't do it. Um, it, builds on it and does it the best possibly ever. Yeah. So I love Ready or Not. Such a good movie. I agree completely. Um, that's also a crossover for us. 
Nice. Uh, but she's a little bit higher for me. <laughs> We're getting to the yeah. top. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's such a good pick. Oh, I'm so I'm so happy with this list, Jake. All right. My number three um, mm-hmm. is one that I think <laughs> this will be weird because I I'm pretty open about telling people when I talk about this movie to completely ignore the sequel. Like, just pretend the sequel doesn't happen because the ending of the director's cut is so much better. And I think the fact that I say that kind of puts this as like a your your pick doesn't really work. <laughs> and I say, well, get over it. It's mine. She's the last survivor in this movie. Okay. Um, how long she survives is to be up to you, I guess. Um but yeah. my number three is Sarah Carter from The Descent. Yeah. She is. I just, oh my God. I loved watching her in this movie. She, the way mm-hmm. that she completely just like disconnects from fear and from like letting her emotions kind of trip her up and all that Mm -hmm. it's straight she understands pretty fast something not right is going on and she's been through the trauma of watching her husband and daughter die in like one of the most brutal and abrupt ways (laughs) i think ever put into a monster movie um yeah and then being taken on this this cave diving trip with her friends where she learns her her friends aren't exactly they've they haven't always been completely honest with her and their secrets and there's disloyalty in the group. Um, But then when the the creatures arrive, she's almost instantly just like, you know, she gets Mm -hmm. knocked down. She, she literally has a couple scenes where she literally like rises out of (laughs) blood or bones. And it's like a resurrection kind of scene. And she has a couple of them. (laughs) Um, but she's just so intense to watch. She is, Mm -hmm. the movie is intense and squeamish already, but when you watch her, she does such a good job of just being so driven for survival that you almost forget to be afraid of the stuff going on around these women. You just like, I just need to watch her like, (laughs) Mm because she's gonna kill everything that comes in her way and she kind of does yeah (laughs) she definitely starts to convince herself that she will get out of this she will survive and you basically as the audience believe her (laughs) yeah you're like like, yeah yeah i'm just gonna (laughs) along for the ride at this point like her scenes you're never afraid everyone else's scenes Mm -hmm. you're like someone's gonna die (laughs) (laughs) yeah 100 yeah she's just I love this movie in general, but Sarah Carter, that character is just such a incredible character for, to me, to just watch the progression mm-hmm. of her go through joy to absolute devastation and grief to survival. And then at the same time, having to deal with grief, like having emotions kind right. of well over and, uh, and she's just incredible to me. I love this character. 
Yeah, I completely agree. She was so close to being on my list. One of my honorable mentions for sure. Nice. Uh, my number two, though, is the least horror movie on my list. You could very strongly argue that none of the movies that she's in are horror movies. But it's pretty scary when something's trying to murder you. So I think it counts as a horror movie. My number two is Sarah Connor from, from Terminator. Terminator. <laughs> yeah. And Terminator 2 and all of the Terminator movies, the whole franchise. She's, a, like you said, a badass. She is initially a normal woman in the 80s, living her life, uh, and then suddenly tries to get murdered but from a cyborg from the future for no reason because she isn't doesn't have a baby yet i don't know why you're trying to murder me for my child and uh yeah the way that the whole series progresses the way linda hamilton plays it it she grows in such an interesting way i think that's the reason i had her at number two instead of lower down because most final girls they kind of start out in a place and they rise up and they conquer the monster and yay i survived and that's the whole arc <laughs> And then the next movie is basically the same, or it's like, oh, I survived the last one. I will teach you how to survive again, kind of thing. Sarah Connor is so great because she starts off at level one mm -hmm. of just a normal NPC person on the street, and then and then is taught basically how to survive all of this stuff, and then takes that, obsesses about it, becomes like strong and capable and badass and then and then tries to teach her son to be strong and capable and badass because not only is he need to survive all of the people trying to kill him and and cyborgs trying to kill him but also lead a future <laughs> right. government at some point <laughs> and uh, and a rebellion and all that stuff so she is uh, the best she is a huge survivor i felt fit all of the check boxes of a final girl and so she's my number two <laughs> See, and I thought people would roll their eyes with my pick of Alice being uh -huh. more action genre than horror. Uh, I take, I retract that. You went straight, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. You're crossing genres completely. Is it a rule that you have to be in horror movie to be a final girl? That's the question. I well, think. I feel like the final girl trope is always associated with horror almost always i feel like it is always oftentimes <laughs> associated <laughs> it's possible but debate I, me if you want i like your reach for like having a, a cyborg robotic system <laughs> coming to murder you through yeah, time terrifying. That's kind of scary. Yeah. I would agree. <laughs> I would it say the scary. first Terminator is probably the most suspenseful. Whereas yeah. the rest of the franchise is not. It's just action sequences and everyone waits for Arnold to make a, a cameo. Um, right. So I'll give you the first one. <laughs> okay. I'll take it. That's all I need. And I... Sarah Connor's a badass. I can't. No one. 
no one can take <laughs> that away from her. I think it's funny yeah. that she's now appeared on two of your lists because she was so, on your top yeah. moms list too. I think she was on both of our yeah. top moms. I probably was. Yeah. Yeah. I like it when you have a crossover <laughs> list because you've given me shit for mine uh, with happy Gilmore mm -hmm. being on like three. Yeah, we're still not at happy Gilmore levels. We're at two, and that's okay. <laughs> You're getting there, damn it. <laughs> You're getting there. All right. My number two <laughs> was one of our earlier crossovers. Um, Aaron, Aaron <laughs> Harson is amazing. Her, her yeah. survival skills are just so entertaining to watch. Because she goes straight, like, she's another one where it's, she's not afraid. She sees the first body drop, she hits the floor and instantly is like, you all need to listen to me because I can help you live the night. And then they all make terrible decisions and die. And she's like, I guess I'm killing everyone. All right. Yeah. She has also some of the best dialogue. Uh like, and I, I won't spoil the whole thing, but one of my favorite pieces of dialogue is I killed him with a blender. Um, <laughs> he's in the kitchen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love that. But she is, she gets put through some, some kind of violent scenarios that are just like, they're actually gross just because of the wounds that she gets like the the shard of glass in her leg mm -hmm. that close-up shot of her pulling the glass out of her skin is still like mm -hmm. this is ew yeah but she's so cool i i mean i love your next i already told told you it's like one of my <laughs> comfort movies i just i'm always in a good mood when i watch her kill all these home invaders thinking they're like badasses <laughs> Um, and, and I mean they're they're effective. They know what they're doing. Yeah. It's just fun watching her outsmart them. And even when they think mm -hmm. they've got her like on the ropes, when they think like, oh, there's no way. She's like, well, now you're gonna step mm -hmm. on a board that I hammered a nail in, and I'm gonna bash <laughs> your face in like you wouldn't believe. So <laughs> yeah. Home Alone style, but also not Home but Alone not style. Home Alone style. Uh, yeah, I think that she, they definitely, uh, I think part of the reason is that they underestimate her, that they don't, they don't think that she'll be as capable as she is. And they're like, oh, this will be easy. We know what we're doing. We are people who have killed people before. And, and so it should be a cakewalk. And then she gives them resistance. She definitely does outsmart them, but she also, I think, is just fights back and resists, and they don't expect that. They expect it to be easier than it is. Yeah. They're they're kind of basing their whole invasion off of we'll scare this family so bad that the kills are gonna be super easy. And then right. they realize, like, oh, we haven't actually scared this one. Uh she's not <laughs> running out of fear she's running because she's just trying to like stay alive long enough so that she could kill everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah she's coming back for you <laughs> right yeah she's just her character and this movie are just oh, i love them love them 
<laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, my number one, when I told you that my uh, your number 10 was a little bit higher on my list, I kind of lied a little bit because it's a lot higher yeah, on I, my list. Yeah, I kind of completely already figured she was your number one. <laughs> My number one has to be Sidney Prescott from Scream, because even though a lot of other people survive, um, that doesn't really matter. I don't really think that you think of the fact you're like, oh, Dewey lived, Gail lived, all these people lived. Like, that doesn't really matter because it's about Sydney and they're coming after Sydney always. She's the target, she's the key. And it, and then so she the being the one that survives then is more i guess more impactful that the fact that dewey survives they're not really they don't care about dewey dewey's just a dude <laughs> who's a doofy who's a deputy and he's a nice guy but he's if he didn't insert himself he also wouldn't be in danger ever ever because yeah, they don't care true. um and but sydney of course is it's all around her. Everything, the world is built around her. And so for her to survive is completely means that the killers failed. That's mm -hmm. their whole goal is to actually like kill her, complete the meaning of everything they're trying to do. It depends on the movie, but it's always changing. But that's the goal all the, all the time. Get to Sydney. Um, I love it, I think, also, especially because... Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson redefined the 80s final girl trope mm -hmm. of, oh, well, a, a final girl is like a virgin. She's all these things and you have to be this in order to actually count and survive. Um, and partly because the movie plays on the rules of horror movies and you, and this is what you have to do in order to survive a horror movie, it it flips that trope to be you don't have to mm -hmm. do it. You can do these other things. It's the, it's the 90s, man. You can do whatever you want. And so, <laughs> so Sydney has sex. She has a boyfriend. She just like, it does all of these different things, it, but it does it in a way that's also still very much built on the foundation yeah. of the final girls that have come before her. Mm -hmm. And, and it never feels like, it never feels like it's trying to be different. It just feels like it's trying to be the next thing yeah and it's just always becoming the next thing as it goes along and so i agree with with you absolutely she is the reason that you go to those movies you want to see sydney you want to see you want to hear ghostface call you on the phone and go sydney like <laughs> Hello, the way he sydney. says it is so perfect that it's just to not have it it doesn't feel like a scream movie so yeah I hope that they resolve that. I hope that she comes back at some point. Um, the last one was not bad, but it also wasn't as good as I think it could have been for that reason. So oh, she yeah. is the best. I think um, it's possibly the greatest horror franchise, possibly the greatest horror movie. And so it deserves the best final girl in my mind. And that would be why I have her at number one. And, you know, I totally get everything you said. And it's weird because I'm, I put her so low on a technicality, but Sydney really is. I mean, she's awesome. She's still on my list. And I, mm. I, yeah, I am one of those audience members. I don't watch it for Ghostface. 
Like one, I know who all the killers are because I'm a fan of the franchise. Um, mm-hmm. But you watch it or I watch it because I like watching Sydney survive. I like watching her fight for her life, mm-hmm. fight for Gail, fight for Dewey when she can. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, everything you said is correct. They really did kind of like redefine final girl rules um, mm-hmm. and kind of poked fun at like the horror genre rules, uh, if you will. Yeah. And, and that was, I mean, that's the whole point of Scream is to be meta and poke fun at the obvious kind of goofy yeah. things that, that the genre does. Um, not shocked she's number one. I knew she was going to be your number one. It's like, <laughs> it's another thing that cracks me up that we we kind of bookended again with like the same character. Um, yeah. I think that actually says a lot of just how big of a fan of Scream and Sydney that we both are. Uh, she may be mm-hmm. my number 10, but she's like, she's kind of like Laurie Strode to me where she's like almost so obvious. She's really like, she sets yeah. the bar. She's like <laughs> without her. <laughs> yeah. This character, this trope or this genre just wouldn't be the same if we didn't mm-hmm. have these characters. So I'm in agreement with you. It's just kind of funny that like I'm using a technicality, which is, Kind of goes against my nature, but I had to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hey, keep it different. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I agree. I think that Sydney is kind of the next generation after Laurie yeah. Strode. Like Laurie is the 70s version, and that was great and it was good. But then then that generation had kids and that became Sydney. <laughs> right. And she because grew up really to be a I little mean, bit rebellious, a little bit different. Uh, the final girls between like Halloween to Scream, a lot of people probably wouldn't even recognize like any of them or be able to tell you any of them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I completely agree with your statement that Sydney became the like legitimate next one up. Like, here's the new right. version of this. 100%. I agree with you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So not shocked. I'm glad that she's your number one. Um, <laughs> your wife never yelled at me, but I'm sure she's rolling her eyes in severe judgment at me. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. And that's okay. All right. Well, my number one, as you should not be surprised. Um, I have been obsessed with this movie since I saw it in theater on a whim, knowing nothing about it. Uh, Grace is amazing to me. Ready or not is one yeah. of the most enjoyable original like so many people myself included complain about we have too many sequels we have too many reboots where's the original thought ready Mm -hmm. or not is that original thought it's one of the greatest like modern horror films i think i've seen it's so enjoyable it's funny it's gross it's intense I can't remember the last time I had rooted for a character so much (laughs) because you fall in love with her character from the very first scene of the movie. You just like instantly are like, I love her. She's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Huge credit to Samara weaving and how she plays her because she's so 
endearing and disarming that you're like, who could not love her? Yeah, who the fuck is so messed up in the head that they would want to yeah. murder her? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I just, this movie is perfect in every level to me. Uh, one of the things that really just the angrier she gets in the movie, and that's really what kind of put her at number one for me is like her survival <laughs> isn't just based on this like disconnect of I just have to keep going, I gotta survive. She legitimately is just so pissed <laughs> off throughout the course yeah. of the movie, and I love watching her just use that anger because she's one of the mm. only final girls that actually just embraces her this this pure yeah. hate and anger that's flowing through her um yeah when she sucker punches the kid in the face and calls him a motherfucker <laughs> like yep <laughs> yeah absolutely and the whole way it concludes all there's not one moment in this movie that I do not love and her character. I'm so glad she's in like 99% of the scenes because yeah, it's perfect. She's perfect to me. She's I'm, I'm bummed that the movie was not as huge of a hit because I yeah. think she would be kind of that next one up of like, we've had Lori, we've mm -hmm. had Sydney here comes grace mm -hmm. i think it'd be hilarious now see what happens to grace after this movie um knowing what she yeah. knows when she's you know makes it out of the mansion it's true uh but at the same time like i'm very happy they didn't try to overstep <laughs> and try and turn it into a franchise i feel that would completely ruin yeah. it uh but yeah so her anger and then the fact that she can't help but just like laugh <laughs> after like that to me is just yep we've all been there when shit has hit the fan on such a like unreal level where your only reaction yeah. you're no longer mad you're just laughing <laughs> you're like i guess this is my life now <laughs> and to see yeah. her hit that point is awesome oh love this movie i love that character i love samara weaving <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> yeah yeah she's absolutely incredible i love that movie so it's much it's so good it's so good <laughs> that's it All that's right. our top 10 yeah top 10 final girls have we had half-ish crossovers yeah, we, maybe a little i think we had what more. four yeah four i think yeah so i was pretty close yeah. i was pretty close i said i think we'll probably have yeah. like maybe three so hey all right yeah. yeah yeah there's i mean there's a lot more out there i think yes. that i considered a lot more what other honorable mentions uh, did you have so i had one uh sally hardestay from texas chainsaw the original one um i put samantha from the house of the devil oh yeah yep um i do love that i put I, I almost had her on my list for the longest time, but Rocky from Don't Breathe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty fucked up movie. That's a yeah, super fucked up movie. Um, and then one, <laughs> I, I actually wanted to ask you your opinion on this one. Okay. Especially after our both of our lists. And both of our lists have very strong women who just 
are tenacious. They figure out a way to survive. Um, yeah. And they do it. They just kind of confront what they need to. So there was one final girl that I kept seeing show up on all of these other lists online when I first started prepping. All right. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, she's a good one. I mean, she's technically not the last survivor, um, but yeah. she's a good one. And then I rewatched the movie and was like, oh, but her final decision kind of fucks up this whole thing. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> It's the exact reason she's not on my list. Thank you. Okay, so (laughs) I originally wanted Dana Polk to be on my list. But I couldn't put her on because I was like, she kind of like doesn't do anything good at the end. (laughs) She doesn't do anything good at the end. So my reason, I completely agree with you. I think I had her initially. I was like, she's an obvious one, of course, (laughs) because because the movie puts her in that trope. Mm -hmm. They're like, you are the final girl. And just like they do with everybody else, you are the jock. You are the nerd, even though that's not really who they are. Um, You are the stoner, all these things. And, And so she gets put in that trope, but she doesn't. She doesn't do like final girly things. Yeah. Like she doesn't really fight anybody. She doesn't really survive. She doesn't really do anything tenacious that much. And so that was the main reason I had to bump her down because she doesn't do a lot in that movie. She she makes it to the end of the movie, but then yeah, she also makes the decision to <laughs> choose choose to die so that the whole thing, the whole premise of the movie will end. Yeah. And the whole horror genre will end. And, uh, and I'm like, that's not really a final girl thing to do. <laughs> that's kind of, it's more of a, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is. That's something else. So I didn't have her on my list. Yeah. I was curious to see what your opinion of that would be. <laughs> Cause I was like, it was really interesting. Yeah. She was on so many final girl lists. And I was like, when I rewatched Cabin in the Woods, I was like, man, she's really like, she's a good character, but she's not, she doesn't do anything (laughs) throughout the movie. She pouts a lot. Um, Yeah. She kind of like. Yeah, she runs away from the people being murdered, I guess. Yeah. Mostly. And then she gets her ass handed to her on the dock, but. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, at the, yeah, yeah, but yeah, so yeah, she survives more or less until she decides not to, so that just not didn't count, I yeah. think. So, what are your uh honorables? Um, the ones that we didn't talk about already, I would say uh, Lily Crane from Psycho, classic, the sister, she's a final girl, no, the main girl, the the psycho girl, she doesn't live well she's like she dies halfway through no the am i thinking of anything (laughs) okay so i didn't rewatch psycho but i feel like she gets murdered in a shower halfway through the movie no i know that yeah you're right that girl maybe i am thinking of the sister then i googled her her sister survives but her sister never actually interacts with Norman. No, but she survives till Psycho 2, 
which I'm sure nobody has ever I've seen. I've never seen Psycho 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the younger sister is the one I was thinking okay. of. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> I was like, in my mind, I was replaying Psycho. I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good one to include, but I admittedly didn't rewatch it. <laughs> so Sarah Carter from The Descent, obviously. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed Tree Gel Gelbman. Tree Gelbman from Happy Death Day. I enjoy the yes. first Happy Death Day. Yes. I was disappointed by the sequel, but the first one I thought was really fun. And it's an interesting combination of Groundhog's Day and horror yeah. movies. I am all for Happy yes. Death Day. That first one. The second one I don't hate. Like it's got its moments, but they definitely try too hard in it. Yeah. But that first one is very enjoyable. I like just. Yeah. The fact that they lean into the comedy of it is what makes that movie mm-hmm. work. Yeah, I think they kind of lost what made the first one work. Yeah. Like you said, whether they were trying too hard or trying to recreate it and couldn't catch the magic, I don't know what it was. But mm-hmm. yeah, the first one's great. So the first one's fun. And then uh, Clear Rivers from Final Destination <laughs> Uh, she's a different kind of final girl because she, I mean, you don't really expect her to be the final girl. She doesn't have the visions mm-hmm. that the main character, quote unquote, main characters have. Um, but I think that makes her an even better final girl because she figures it out. She pays attention. She goes to the extreme uh, by the second movie to avoid death coming for her. Um, and so she's, she's pretty awesome. I like final destination. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that franchise. I love that whole franchise. It's so fun. It's so fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. All right. Final this girls. one was so much fun watching. And it, it was funny to me because, like, normally the spooky seasons or the, you know, they come up. And I, I have my tradition where October 1st hits, like, do 31 days straight horror minus what we have to watch mm-hmm. for the show. Um, mm-hmm. and this year is a little different because we, I started prepping for our, our spooky season, Halloween style episodes like a month in advance. So my daughter's <laughs> already even made a comment of like, are you going to keep watching scary movies? And I was like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yep. she was just like, Oh God. I was like, yep. Yeah, we're we're going. No uh, to. By the time November gets, I'm gonna look at her and be like, "All right, I think I'm ready for some uh... <laughs> some wholesome family <laughs> right. fun." Which should time out great because we'll start getting into our wholesome episodes at that time. So I'll have yeah. a healthy kind of <laughs> if decompression. Although you call it healthy, some people call it something else. <laughs> true. I think it's true. Cool. I One like of it. the first like ones that we have to like watch headed out of spooky season into our holiday <laughs> season is neither uh, and not That's feel true. good at all. But it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we have three episodes of happy pleasant nostalgia afterwards to uh recover yeah, from yeah uh so yeah definitely excited for future episodes we have a lot coming yeah, up this should be really good and 
we're already planning for next year, which I cannot believe, but we're it's only a couple months away. Kind of freaky, kind of freaky. It is super freaky. <laughs> but well, tell us your uh, your favorite final girls. Um, and if you disagree that any of the ones we chose are final girls, which I don't know how you could do, we're obviously right. But in case you did, we're always open to questions and comments and debate. Yeah. yeah. You can call into the show and leave a message if you just want to rant, or you can uh, send us DMs on I mean, Instagram or YouTube or whatever, <laughs> leave comments, or just send us a message directly. Um, and uh, we might bring it up on a show if it's relevant, mm -hmm. uh, especially if you send us a voicemail, we'll play it and uh, comment on it. Um, and so, yeah, if, even if you have a question about a past episode, yeah. and we will remember what we said, I'm sure. So definitely just <laughs> let us know what your thoughts are. We're happy to hear it. Hell yeah. Make sure you follow, subscribe to all that good stuff. Uh, it helps the show out and stay up to date with our episodes and future content. So, yeah. Yeah, and we'll let you know about our guest episodes coming up. That'll be a little extra yeah, content. That'll yeah. be fun. Going to be a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate you. Uh, go enjoy the movies. Yep. Yeah. And we'll see you next All time. All right. <laughs>